0: Hey mama, are you stuck in the never-ending cycle of overwhelm? Constantly questioning your ability as a mom and searching for ways to not feel so alone? My name is Sydney Crow and I'm the mom empowerment coach. As a certified mindset and mental wellness coach, international best-selling co-author, and mama of two, I'm here to share my personal experience and connect with other moms to build a community and help you conquer the chaos one day at a time. So excited today that I have Riona here with me. She is a wife and a mom. She lives down in Colorado and is actually a real estate educator. And I'm so excited to hear more about her story on how she's conquered chaos and how she sometimes feels like she's a stranger to people but always lends an open ear. Brianna, welcome. Hi, thanks.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what made you wanna be a guest on this show because you have a pretty impactful story.
1: Yeah, uh, yes, thank you. Um, so, I just kind of in a nutshell in Illinois met my husband, moved to Colorado about 12 years ago. We have a seven and a half year old. I actually grew up in real estate. My mom was a realtor for 30 years, and then I got my degree in middle school science of all things. And after that, for some bizarre reason, I got hired at a school and they put me in a first grade classroom. And so you can guess how long that lasted because <laughs> middle school science to first grade, unfortunately, it just didn't work. So very different. I uh, that was right before we moved out to Colorado, and my neighbor at our first house that we rented out here um, was also a real estate agent. So she said, "Why don't you come to my office?" And so I fell back into real estate, getting licensed out here in Colorado. And actually, I went to one real estate class, and I walked out of it thinking that was terrible. It was so boring, and then it was like there there has to be a better way. So that is when I decided to mesh what I know, real estate, with what I love, educating, and that's sort of what led me to um, being in real estate education.
0: I love that. And your husband has had quite a where you've been able to support him and be sort of the rock for your family. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So we decided in. 2000 goodness we did that back in 2018 me being in real estate i'm always the one that pushes the let's sell the house let's buy the house let's do this the husband is always like slow down anyhow we bought a piece of land built a home that was finished in february of 2020 and then as we know the i say the world shut down in march of 2020 and then in april of 2020 my life really shut down Um, my husband was diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer unfortunately Prior to that, it was a misdiagnosis, he was told he had a hemorrhoid and went in to get that hemorrhoid fixed and woke up and determined that hemorrhoid was in fact a tumor. That was on a Thursday, we were whisked away to Denver, like I would said, we're about four hours from Denver, so wanted to go to major hospitals and was there on a Tuesday. Figured out the course of action. It was all very quick, which they warned us about because at the time he was 39. So it was a it was a really fast process, which in hindsight was great, but I think at the same time didn't really give me a whole lot of time to process at all. I went into what I like to call autopilot. I lived. I kept the house. I worked. I actually worked too much, which was how I coped, and I'm still learning to get out of that. And it was, uh, you know, it was really intense. And I think sometimes do I regret, like, I don't remember my son a lot at that time. He was happened. And I don't know if I don't remember it because that's also just, you know, a lot of chaos when your child is that little. Um, but adding the stress of my husband being ill, I think compacted. And I just sort of must through it. And you know, I look back and think, gosh, I wish I would have done that differently, or I wish I could have changed that. And that is why, and I know you kind of already said it at the intro, but I do, I'm open arms to anybody that is in this same situation, just trying to navigate and figure out how can I best do this and come out, you know, yes, I've gotten over it as far as coming out on the other side, and I have to be okay with how I handled it, because that's what I did in the minute to survive. And that's what I can do, and I can't sit here and beat myself up about it but unfortunately some days that happens
0: the mindset piece is a really i mean it's it can be really challenging right because we we go into that survivor mode and i think a lot of moms you know, there's various reasons why we get in that mode, but we always want to do more for other people. And yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I have black spots in my brain, too. When I was in that in that survivor, I call it survivor mode, where you're literally just getting up and it's like every day is on repeat. You just need to get yeah. through the day and go to sleep, and then get up, and you do it all over again the next day. And so it's almost like your brain just has these black holes of memory. You said that you didn't like remember much of your son at that point, because you literally were just I have to pay bills, I have to make sure my husband's okay, my kid is fed, there's a roof over his head, like it is just pure survival. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and like you said, it's really easy to beat ourselves up over that. But at the end of the day, I will hope that we can say that your husband is healthy and your son is healthy and you guys have made it to the other side. And so, like I say to my kids, and I love this in Frozen, too. I have two daughters. And so we all, there's a song that's like the next best thing. Right. So I just uh-huh. need to do the next right thing. And so you've gotten to that point and that's all you can focus on moving forward. You did mention that you are trying to unlearn your work habits that you you got in that season of life and you mentioned and uh like we were chatting before this call started but that you now put your cell phone in your in your bathroom overnight so why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about that because i'm assuming that that's one of the tools that you're implementing
1: it is yes and that is exact i did i used work as a coping mechanism and gratefully during that time, um, the woman that watched our son was a retired nurse. So she was fabulous. And it was comforting knowing that I could leave her at home watching my son while my husband was in the bedroom. And I knew that if he needed anything, honestly, she would have been better suited to help him anyway, because (laughs) I don't, I don't do um, trauma well, or like, situations where you have to act quickly I go into like I freeze like animals play dead that's what I do um I would leave her and I would go to the office and I didn't even have to go to the office like I said that was all during the other c-word COVID which I don't like to say that word (laughs) I went to the office even though I didn't have to I worked at a company I was the only paid person so I was in an office by myself but I needed that I needed to get out of the house, but I found that I would go to the office and then I would come home. I would make sure everybody was fed. I would get back on my computer. I remember sitting and just refreshing my email, thinking like, okay, well, someone's going to need me. There's going to be something I need to do. And I guess it's kind of a double edge because um, I have since left that company and I primarily work for myself. And so I think that's kind of what spawned that because I put so much energy into it. But at the same token, I sort of I had to battle because I was working, I mean, nights weekends, which as entrepreneurs we do that. <laughs> but I found this like I I've got to and actually it was my therapist that recognized it and I knew it. I think I just needed someone to make me aware of like free you are you're killing yourself literally. You're overworking yourself. You need to take time and I needed to take time to sort of Accept, I guess I'll say, what was happening. I think, you know, denial is a powerful thing. And I think that's also a lot of what was happening. So it has taken time for me to do that. And so I've decided, you know what, I'm just going to do small baby steps. And I think we can all agree with this. If we try to take on four things, we don't do any of them. Whereas if we try to take on one thing at a time, it's like, okay, I can conquer this. So that that has been one of my things that have sort of started is the cell phone. Yes, I leave it in my bathroom on a charger at night, and it's really helped. Honestly, I feel like I sleep better when I wake up in the middle of the night. It's like I can't reach for something. Or, you know, I did end up getting an alarm clock as well, so I know what time it is. I use the alarm clock as opposed to using a phone. And working really hard, and I know it might sound silly, but it's... Not having my cell phone near me when we're eating dinner and working really diligently that, you know, shutting down my computer at five or six. I know six seems late. Sometimes it happens. Making dinner and then not getting back on a computer at all. Or if I need to, I make sure I don't do it until after I put my son to bed. Before, I think I was kind of just continually doing it. And that's not helping him by, you know, me sitting on an electronic all the time.
0: No, I agree. We definitely have dedicated screen time in our house as well. Um, and one thing I notice because like you, like if I put my kids to bed and then I come back on my computer, sometimes I would find myself, it would be like 11 o'clock at night and I'm still in the thick of things and I'm like, oh, and then yeah. I sleep. So now it's like when I put my kids to bed, unless there's something that's like really, really urgent and it's only going to take me a few minutes, then I'll hop back on. But I I now have a, a no computer after bedtime like i just need time to unwind and relax and i've noticed that i'm sleeping a lot better because of it right like yeah. our brains aren't meant to be on 24 7. we need time for you know all of that build up and that rest and yeah so it's it's great that you're doing that i'm assuming that you're finding more balance between work and family and all of that um you did touch on the fact that you see a therapist is that something that you're open to talking a little bit about? This is Absolutely. about like moms and mental wellness. I myself see yep. a therapist. I'm a huge strong advocate. Um, what made you want to start? Is that what's? Did you start it with your husband's illness, or is that something that you've done kind of lifelong? It was.
1: Yeah, it was prior to that. I actually had postpartum depression that I shoved under the rug until my son was. He it was around two, and whatever I call it postpartum they claim that after two years that's not still what it's categorized as but anyway that's what it was I called my husband at work one day I was home with our son this is when we were building our house so we were in different housing and this small little place and I said I'm I'm done and he was like huh what are you done with and I was like I'm leaving and he was like where are you going and I was like I'm not sure but I'm out of here and he was like do not move I'll be home and and luckily he worked 5 minutes away. Um so he came home and he was like what is going on? And he knew, I mean postpartum is pretty obvious especially if you have. I mean obviously he's never gone through it he's a male. Um but even now myself I recognize it in other women and it's always kind of a hard topic because it had been brought to my attention before and I was like I'm fine. Like I was, um, I have a very good relationship. If they listen to this, don't be offended. But my parents were always very like, you can do it. You've got this. You don't need it. You don't need help. You know, you've got it. And so I think I had to keep that mind. I can do this. I don't need help, whether that's help as in talking to someone or taking medication, whatever it may be. Um, So my husband came home that day. We had a good conversation. He called my parents and I ended up, um, my midwife actually recommended a therapist, and at that time, I started seeing her. I did medication, which I will say was, again, not something I wanted to do, but I was talked into it, in and we think that you've gotten so low that you're not even making, like, conscious de- decisions at this point, and so just try medication to try to bring you back to, like, a level playing field. And then let's see how it goes. And oh my gosh, they were so right. I didn't realize how low I had gotten, um, and so I took medication to yes, get back to like okay, this is how I'm supposed to function. And then I was able to wean myself off of those, and now I use natural remedies. So luckily, when my husband was diagnosed, I still had that same therapy. He was actually one of the first, probably five people that I called, um, and we still work together. And I'm so grateful for her. I recommend. I even have friends that are like, well, I don't even, I, I don't know what I would talk about with a therapist, and I'm like, oh, trust me, you will find something, and it is amazing. I'm so grateful the things that I've learned about my and my childhood, and just all of those things, and it really helps you. It helps me at least when I'm going through a crappy time or I'm feeling down on myself. It's like, no, we can back out of this. Think about this. Think about this. Think about how far you've come, and it's just been monumental. And like I said, I. I think everybody should have a therapist. I mean, they are trained individuals. That's the I mean, that's their job. They yeah. have scientific research is to try this and here's why. And it's a third party. So they don't, they're not judging you. And if they are judging you, I will say I it took me a bit. I've talked to other therapists and they they weren't the right fit. And I think that's important too. I think some people say, Well, I, I didn't like them. Okay, go find someone else because I promise there's somebody out there that will work for you and you will feel comfortable, so.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really key piece of this. I was just having a conversation with someone about this over the weekend because, um, you know, therapy is so specific and it's not a one size fits all. And so just because you've talked to one therapist doesn't mean and and didn't enjoy it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be the right person for you out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I have very few. My daughter was also around the age of two when I started to seek help. And like you, it was postpartum anxiety. And I get that it's, you know, that two year mark. But when you've been suffering for two years and trying to do it all on your own, thinking that you can just get through it and not really understanding it, like for me, it came from a place of like fear and shame. And I was like, if I actually talk about like what I'm feeling right now, are they gonna take my kids away? Am I an unfit mother? Like world mm-hmm. like, right? But so there was there was this whole story that i had worked up in my head to the point where then when my husband had come home one day and i was totally losing my mind he was like we need to like there there's another piece here we need to get some extra help and i also was on medication for a while um and it was supposed to be a short period of time and it ended up being seven years before i even found the ability to go off of that
1: Um, yeah and some people never get off of it and that's fine too I The biggest reason I got off, and I'm sorry that I kind of butted in there. The biggest reason I got off was because I it helped, but then it had other side effects that came along with it for me. And I tried other medications and then they, one, caused vertigo to an extent that I could barely function. So that was the biggest reason that I got off was because it caused other things that yeah. then I was like, ah, I don't know that this is worth it anymore. Absolutely. But I've had to I mean, I still have days like, Whew, that would probably be helpful.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned that you use holistic options now. I mean, we need to credit a lot of nutrition and holistic supplements and sunlight. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the list goes on and on. You and I both live in the mountains. And so we have very limited sunlight in the winter. So I find that I need extra support in the winter, extra vitamin D, things like that, that can help. If medication isn't a route that you want to go or you can use that as a last resort or you can use that in conjunction with all of these other things. But there are a ton of natural options out there that can also help. Yes. Amazing. So what would you say people can learn or where can you say people can learn more about
1: you? So I do have a podcast you can listen to. It is called What's the Cheese, which is a pun off of my name, Brianna. Bree is my shortened version. Um, That is on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is Bree Like the Cheese Four. I'm on Facebook as Brianna jets. and of course to email me, which is Bree at Briannaalgets.com. And people are probably like, "How the heck do I?" I'm sure Sydney will put that information out there for you. Um, But like I said, I'm always an open ear, open arms, whatever, because I remember moments at 2 a.m. when my husband was ill thinking, how in the world am I going to get through this? And sometimes finding someone that's been through that, especially when you're in your 30s, is tough because cancer, I feel like, is this thing that people say affects older people. And I remember going to the hospital, and every time we'd sit in a waiting room, all of the posters on the wall, all of the pamphlets on the table were old people. And I so badly wanted to be like, you guys really need to change this. I mean, there's so much childhood cancer and it, it's unfortunate. It everybody deals with it. It's not just old people. So yeah, cancer definitely does not
0: discriminate Um, And so it's if you had one last piece of advice for any of uh, for the moms that are listening, what would that be?
1: Um, My biggest thing that I've been working on recently is going back to the basics keeping things simple not overwhelming myself, not, you know, and that is one thing I tell myself I worked on it. I kept telling myself I don't do overwhelm. I don't do overwhelm. And I did it once. And I will tell you, it has made a huge difference because has, how can I make this simple and easy and not overthink it? I love that. That's great advice. Well,
0: thank you so much for being on the show today, Brianna. I've our conversation. We have so much in common. You guys, I will drop all of those links that Brianna mentioned under the show in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Conquering Chaos, and we will help you conquer the chaos one day at a time.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sydney.
0: Bye. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I will. uh, Our stories are very, very similar. Like there was so much that you were saying today that I was like, yep, check, check, check.
1: (laughs) And I think it's actually similar for a lot of people. I just think people don't. Thank you so
0: much for tuning into this episode of Conquering Chaos. I'm so glad you did. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot right now and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me. If you're ready to gain more clarity around the chaos and invest in the support to make it happen, use the link in the show notes to book your free clarity call with me. Are you loving the podcast? If so, make sure you've subscribed and leave a review so that we can help more mums conquer the chaos one day at a time.